Welcome to another of my podcast episodes. You are now tuned in to WDGS 333 on your podcast station. I hope Everyone is doing simply marvelous at the top of the noontime on this fabulous Faithful Friday. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, I am so thankful and I am so grateful on this fabulous Faithful Friday. You know, yesterday is God and we cannot pray it, wish it, buy it. Or just do anything. Isn't this amazing? We cannot do anything to bring yesterday back. Whatever happens in the course of our life. August the 29th, 2019. As we live and breathe. That day is over. But today, today, today. On August the 30th, 2019, it's all we have. Every day before today, it is impossible for us to revisit that day in the physical. Now, we can reflect and rewind and revisit things and activities that occurred in our past. But there's nothing we could actually go back and do to place us back in that exact day. And that's the beauty of God. Every day is a new day. And I tell you, I tell you, I tell you. In this new day, there are new mercies. There are new things that we can do. There are new things that we can learn. You know, there was the old school saying, in my time, well, Sometimes things would occur in the course of the day and people say, mm, you learn something new every day. And I used to listen to them say that. And I used to think, how do you learn something new every day? But when you start seeing the day, the present, today, whatever occurs in this day is new. Even if you already knew how to do it, but today is a new day to do it. Amen. Now, tomorrow is not promised. Now, we all know that. Although we plan for tomorrow, we hope for tomorrow. And we tell people sometimes, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Or I'll see you tomorrow. But tomorrow in the reality, we're not certain to know for sure. So all we have is today. And in today, this moment in time that God has graced us with. I want to talk to you briefly today about being a good steward. Oh my God. A good steward. Some of you may be asking the question, what is a steward? A steward is a person who carefully performs his or her duties. And whatever those duties that are given to them, They do it in a way that it is to take good care of the things that God has assigned them to take over or connect with in their lives. Mm. Let me help you out with that again. A good steward is a person who carefully 
That's why sometimes we need to take our time. We need to carefully. See, the Bible says, even the Bible itself, it encourages us to do things in moderation. So whatever we do in moderation, that generally means we're not moving on it too fast. You know, sometimes when I used to go shopping, and I began to work on being a good steward over my finance. And I would see things and I said, mm, I like that. And I would like to buy it. But I learned in being a good steward, I would leave it in the store for X number of days. I would patiently await and go back. And I remember doing this one time. I saw a grill. They wanted $500 for it. But in my wisdom, being wise in stewardship, you know, the Lord immediately said to me, now, if you wait until the winter, it'll be cheaper. I said, mm, that's right. So I remember going back to this store near Christmas time, and I literally saved $300 off the same merchandise. How many of you know that sometimes if we allow patience, oh my God, to have its perfect work, then some of the choices and decisions we make that ends up being or appearing to be imperfected can be better perfected through our patience. Oh my God. I want to talk about being a good steward. Now, being a good steward If you're taking care of whatever God has given to you on this pathway, that's a critical key point for all believers. It is important to take care of whatever God placed on your pathway in the course of a day. Now, good stewardship is usually people who believe in one God. Who created the universe and all that is within it. And they have decided that they would take care within their circle of what's surrounding them. You know, I, I often are, I, I'm often perplexed sometimes with my life and even the way I think. And, you know, sometimes when God, when God provides me with what to say, you know, sometimes I, I, I minister to people and I minister to myself simultaneously. Because sometimes the things that come out of my mouth, I'm like, wow, where did that come from? You know, I've even, I don't know how many of you ever experienced that, but I've asked myself sometimes, where did that come from? See, I say that to myself, and I never get the big head because I know that most times everything that comes out of me that's non-familiar, see, anything we familiar with, we repeat over and over and over, then eventually we feel we know it. But things that are unfamiliar and territories that are unfamiliar, but God grants me the ability to know how to handle them in a responsible way. That just encourages me to know it is not me or myself, but it is God who is utilizing himself to speak through me. How many of you got that? How many of you say some things sometime and it blow your own mind? And you said, where'd that come from? 
but God formulates this. So in being a good steward, now this is a very, very, very important message because I'm going to tell you why being a good steward and understanding stewardship is the positions that opens the good blessings. Oh my God. The good blessings in our lives. It's the door that opens the good gifts that added no sorrow. I want to talk a little bit, just a little bit, about being a good steward. Now, in being a good steward, and we care for things, you know, I said we we care for ourselves. We care for God creations. And we believe in this one God of the universe, of everything and all within it. We have obligations to care for it. That's why I never could understand. I never liked litter bugs. I couldn't understand why a person would throw trash on the very streets they have to look and drive upon. I couldn't understand why people would throw things out of their car window and just make a mess all up and down the highways and byways of the very universe that they live in. It's just like throwing trash around your house. See, when we don't clean up our house, we are actually not being good stewards. It gets as simple as when we don't even wash our hands. We're not being good stewards. Now, you may say, well, what washing your hands have to do with being a good steward? I tell you why. Your hands carry more germs than any other part of your body. And especially when people have colds, and they sneeze, and they cough, and whatever this cold generates from inside of you, these infections and different things that people carry, what you do is just like litter. When you don't clean those germs, then you spread them. Oh, my God. And you know what happens when germs spread? They harm other people. So they're affecting even the universe, not being clean. When we are good stewards, we take care of our bodies, our mind, our finances, our children. Because, see, God gave them to us. We brought them in the world. And we have a responsibility to nurture them. And all nurturing is not about money. It's not even always about a hug and a kiss. Because you can hug and kiss your children. But at the same time, you're not teaching them how to be safe. You're not teaching them how to honor the very God who gave them the breath of life. Oh, my God. Mm. We have to continue to work on being good stewards every day, all day. And that's why when people complain, you know, it just don't sit well in my spirit. I don't care what it is they found that they elect to complain about. It does not sit well in my spirit because what our responsibility as true believers of God is to take any given situation that God orchestrates in our atmosphere and be a good steward based on our position and our duties. Oh, I hope somebody got that. See, I have to throw that position and duties in. And I tell you why, because being a good steward in relationships, see, there is a biblical order. And a lot of people don't understand it. They don't recognize. See, when the Bible said that a man 
supposed to love his wife as Christ does the church. See, he's been granted that duty in his position. Oh, my God. Mm. Mm. See, there's other scriptures in the Bible. If you read 1 Corinthians 13, chapter, just Google you some scriptures on marriage and relationships. I've read it for myself. That it is the responsibility of the duties and, and positions that a man and a woman set the atmosphere of their home, but the man is to take the leadership role. Mm. So if your woman's sitting around and she got a frown on her face, then and your position and your duties as a good steward is to do something about that. And I'm going to give you a couple of things that you can do that's going to bless your life as a good steward. We're going to talk about a very few things, but I want to name a few more things that we are responsible for being a good student of. I'm going to run through them again. Your body, your mind, your finances, your children, your home, your spirit man. You're responsible to feed enough of God to your spirit to, in order to equip you to be a good student. Mm. Mm. See, we can fall short of the glory of God because we're not good stewards in God. Amen? Amen. You're also responsible to be a good steward over your gift and your talents. Your gift and your talents. You know, I think about when I say that, the parable of the talents. Now, I know that's in Matthew chapter 25. And I remember one verse, particularly 21, when the Bible says that in this parable, the master said unto those who was good stewards over what he gave them. And this parable is to to position your mind to move from the cardinal in reading this parable, but ingest it. And, 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 and pray for revelations in the spirit. Oh, my God. But anyway, the, the man gave, he gave a measure of talents to three individuals. He gave five to one, two to one, and he gave one, only one. So you know what that let me know? He recognized those who were under him. See, and that's the importance of truly being a good steward when you are in a leadership position. So in his leadership position, he already knew he didn't he he didn't want to be unfair. So he gave one talent to one person. But the other ones he gave one five in the Bible say he gave one two. You know, and I got the little emoji. Think question mark. Mm, wonder why he do that. Because see, that leader was a good steward who recognized, oh, I hope somebody get this. Some people not positioned to be positioned in good steward positions. Oh my God. Mm, I hope somebody got that. So anyway, this man, he goes on a trip, according to the Bible, you know, I'm paraphrasing this parable, and he comes back. 
And, and, and the man, he gave five talents. When he come back, the man had double it, and he had five more. He gave the man two talents. That man had double it, and he had two more. And then the man, he gave one talent. The man with the one talent said, well, you know, he started giving excuses that he was looking out for his leader. And he said, well, you know, as, as the, the man in charge, you know, I knew you was dealing with some hardship. See, that's what he thought, probably because he only had one talent. And so he said, so what I did, I didn't mess it up. I didn't mess it up. I just kept it right over here for when you come back. I just stayed still. I didn't do anything extra. I only took the talent. But I didn't utilize it. I didn't multiply it. So his leader said to him, and I'm going to use the word leader, but the Bible say his master, but I'm going to use the word his leader. And he said to him, give me that talent. The very one he gave him because he didn't use it in a good stewardship. He took it and he gave it to the one who had the most. And oftentimes we try to always figure out in parallel. That's why I tell people, don't try to figure out somebody else's life. See, because your life is mandated, orchestrated, predestined by God. Stay in your lane. Because why God can elevate and bless another person has no equivalent to your talent and ability. Maybe you're not a good steward as you should be. So even in that conclusion of that parable, he said to them, well done to the two, to the two who took what he, positions and duties. He gave them some duties. They could have sat on them. That's why I, I can't. He, he called the, third, the man with the one. He called them lazy. And that's how sometimes people can be. And they want to be elevated in positions to feel and believe. And see, that's, that's the preconception of their mind. That they are a good steward. But the man told him, uh-uh, you give me this excuse. I hear what you're saying. But it's just an excuse. He called him lazy. He said, you lazy. And I'm going to take what you have. Mm, my that, that verse, Matthew 25 and 21 says, what this man said to the other two, he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now, this parable is, is supposed to be like unto the kingdom of God. See, in God's sight, he give all of us duties and responsibilities. Oh, my God. It doesn't matter whether or not somebody appoints you in a position or not. If you are a good steward, you'll take what's been given you, oh my God, and you will utilize it to be a multiplication and not a subtraction. You won't do like the man did and just sit it over here and say, well, I, 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 I didn't bring any benefit from it, but here it is. It's still here. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't bring, I, I, God, you gave me talent. I, I didn't do anything to, to help, help build your kingdom with my talent. But, 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 but I didn't, but I didn't do anything with it, but I, I, it's still here. See, a lot of times people can have talents that's in them, but they just sit on them. 
Maybe they should be out missionary. Maybe they should be ministering up in front of the store on the corner. Maybe, see, because we all have a platform. Those of us who have been given gifts and talents by God, we have the harvest is out there. It's white. The laborers may be few. They are few. But the harvest is white. There is no reason that no one can make excuses like this man with the one parable and and, and act like you can't take this and do. God don't need anything else. This man, this leader, he didn't need him to look out for him. He was giving to him to help bless and multiply his life. Amen. Don't be lazy with your talents. It's somebody out there that have ears that's willing to hear what the Spirit is saying. Find you a church home. Connect with that church home. Find out what you can do. There are churches everywhere where you can ask somebody, is there something I can do to be of service? Now, I'm going to give you those few things because I'm going to bring this podcast to a close right quick on this Fabulous Friday. But I'm going to give you a few things that 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 are some characteristics to identify within yourself what's a good steward. Well, one of the main things in being a good steward is that a good steward is committed to selfless service. That means what you do, what you plan on doing, when God gives you the ability to do it, you're not looking for self-service. See, good stewards cannot walk in the characteristic traits of being selfish. Oh, my God. You're going to have to move out of your selfishness and learn how to share. Because first of all, whatever we have, God blessed us with it. Amen. Number two, that's number one. A good steward believes in sustainability. You have to have the stamina to sustain You cannot always throw in the towel every time you don't see where your prayer moved when you got ready for it to move. See, your faith should stand strong in sustainability. No matter what it looks like, you're willing to sustain. You're willing to stand. See, because I'm telling you, I decided to follow Jesus. And it doesn't matter to me if a hundred, thousand, trillion people go to the left and I'm the only one going to the right. I've decided to follow Jesus and there's no turning back for me. Now, my mind is made up. My heart is fixed and my mind is made up. So I understand as a good steward, I must believe, believe in sustainability. I got to sustain Okay, number three. And I'm going through this as I go because they were, I didn't number anything, but a good steward will practice inclusiveness. And for those who might be questioning all, well, what does that mean? That means if you're a good steward, you're going to include people. You're going to include them. And including people may be as simple as making an offering and say, would you like to go? Would you like to attend? Would you like to come in? Would you like me to do anything for you? Do you need anything? You're going to include people who you deal with. And you're going to position yourself 
in a way that you're going to even include your own self in a range of different subject areas. You know, when we allow ourselves to be like the man with the one talent, we had that one-track mind. You know, a good steward would diversify themselves and say, you know what, let me learn a little bit of this, and let me learn a little bit of that, and let me learn a little bit of this. Because the more you learn in diverse areas, the more you can include helping other people. Oh, my God. Mm. See, if you don't learn that... Everybody homeless, hungry, broken, and depressed is not looking the part. There are some people who will dress up and fix up and ride and park in the parking lot, but they homeless. See, but diversity in situations will let you know how to discern different spirits and know that it's important to expand yourself. You know, I have another pet peeve sometimes with situations where a person has limitations and they just want to stay stuck and complain on their limitations. Sometimes you have to, to be a good steward. You may need to leave your demographic location. Mm. Joseph and Mary did it and she had just had a baby. But what they experienced, because they knew what Haran, the king, had decreed. God gave Joseph the, 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 in the vision, in the dream, to tell him, you need to get up and move. You need to make a move. But it wasn't a permanent move. But in the season, he had to expand his subject area. He had to practice being inclusive, inclusiveness. And he had to go and include his life with other people to learn something. The next one is a good steward will embrace innovation. See, it's hard to include yourself in something if you're not willing to embrace change. Hmm. Yeah, we all carry a lot of stuff that, you know, from tradition and training. What our grandmother and our mother Nim and our mama Nim used to tell us. But we still need to have that flexibility for change. We need to have that innovation. Because if we don't move with the signs of the time, sometimes the things that really matter, what we need to be a good steward, we'll be left behind. We'll be stuck. We'll be stuck. We'll be stuck. If we didn't take time to learn how to use a cell phone. See, we have to be innovative. You got senior citizens, now some of them, that's the only phone they have. And in order to be a good steward, they knew they had to move into an innovation uh, 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 movement. Because it was more convenient. If you're not always sitting at home to hear those landlines, then you might miss some important calls that could be a blessing to you. See, we're talking about being a good steward. Being a good steward is being a good team player. See, you can be on a team, but you may not be a good team player. Mm, It's a big difference. Because a good team player is quick to give credit to others. Oh, my God. I know some of you all may not want to hear that. But that's what's 
That's just some of the characteristic components in being a good steward. It's not just being on the team. If you on the team but you don't like your team members, then you know what's going to happen when you see a pass to pass the ball to win the whole game for the team. You might be selfish. You trying to hold on to it for your own notoriety. That's not a characteristic trait of a good steward. A good steward, not just only quick to give credit to others, but believe in the effective communication to say, okay, I'm open. I'm open. See, when we're not willing to be open for change, one of the most important things as a good steward because even in our relationship with God, we have to be willing to change to convert from our old ways to our new ways. And we can't do that if we don't have any openness to innovation. Innovation only means change. It's the action of process rearranged to change, to alter, to restructure, to renovate. Everything comes through a season of change. The trees, metamorphosis. We need to be able to carry that flexibility as a good steward now. Now, if you're not a good steward, you'll sit there and be selfish and you'll just pout and be stuck in who you are. And the last thing about a good steward, and I'm not keeping count on numbers because I'm just talking as the Holy Spirit is moving in me, is is a good steward believe in effective communication. See, we can all communicate because communicate only means an expression that's verbally or non-verbally presented. We can all do that. You can sit in a chair with a frown on your face, and that's communicating. It's communicating to somebody a look that say, don't say nothing to me. I had a senior citizen that said that the other day about another lady. She said, she better learn. She better not say nothing to me because I'm not in that mood today. She say something to me, and she, the senior said a few profane words, and I was just looking like, oh, my goodness. She said, somebody better tell her. But the lady wasn't even before her. And I saw the lady when she walked out, but I didn't hear her say anything. Sometimes communication is without saying a word. Hello, somebody. When your face shaped like you just finished sucking a lemon. And a person could be around you for weeks and days and months and can't get a smile from on your face. That's a big communication that I either don't like you, I don't want to be around you, I don't want anything to do with you. See, a smile gives an invite, okay? You can talk, you can say something. And it can kind of sometimes position you to receive a verbal, effective communication. One thing I know about effective communication is that you become transparent. Effective communication, you will seek advice and you will also provide advice. We talking about good stewards believe in effective communication. A good steward is transparent. You believe in being transparent. You know the difference in believing and being transparent because the only thing about transparency is this. 
You are letting a person know exactly who you are and what they choose to deal with. See, I've always been a a transparent type person. And I know sometimes I get a little bold in my transparency that people really don't like me. But what I do, my, 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 my willingness, my conscious awareness, I know what I'm saying. If I tell my testimony to 100 people, that's because I want them 100 people to understand who they are dealing with. And I'm going to always arm a person with the transparency of who I am so they can make a conscious decision to say, well, you know what? Do I want to be her friend? Do I want to be her sister, her brother, her lover? I don't know. Now, she telling me all this stuff about herself. But that's because I'm not deceptive enough to try to lure and trick somebody into dealing with me. I'm going to be open and transparent so people know everything about me. You know, when people come visit me, if they have to go before God, this is what I always say, to get to the truth. Because people, you can go before people, you still won't get to the truth. Because people going to fix whatever they want. And most times, people are going to tell the story in a way that makes them look good. Not that it's good. Not that it's even honest. But that's just how people by nature can be. They'll talk about being transparent. But actually, most people don't want to be transparent because of shame. Shame make a lot of people feel like I don't I shouldn't say that about myself I shouldn't tell nobody that people gonna look at me different they may not even like you and so that's why I'm transparent because I'm not positioning like if you either like I tell people most people gonna like me or they don't I, I find very few people that waver about getting to know me they either like me or they don't But I'm going to still be transparent only for this reason. I am a good steward. See, I don't throw trash on the ground. I'm not a little bug. You know, and and people will come and visit me. But everybody know when you come to my house. You know, my, my, my children, when they was teenagers, for the life of me, I couldn't understand. There was like three, four regular friends. Seriously, three, four. That loved to come to the house and stay the night. And I couldn't understand it. Because I was thinking like, when they come to my house, everyone has to be on point. If you eat, you take your plate off the table. And I know one particular young lady, I knew her mother, and she actually was Caucasian. And her parents said to me, well, she don't do anything at home. I said, well, I don't have that problem at my house. When she come to my house, she follows suit. Because see, in my house, I used to say, I'm not Hazel the maid. See, unless you, y'all may not know about that, but back in the days, I'm going to just tell you right quick, it was a a sitcom used to come on for 30 minutes a day. It was called Hazel. She was a maid for a lawyer, Mr. Baxter. Well, see, didn't nobody have Mr. Baxter finances in the house. So we're going to be team players and good stewards. Good stewards are not selfish. You carry your own weight. You ate off that plate. Now, even if I fix the food and put it on the plate, my kids, I taught them at a young age, when you finish eating, your belly got full. You take your plate, scrape it out, rinse it out, and put it in the dishwater. Because, see, I don't like dirty dishwater. Because I feel like that defeats the purpose. The purpose of making clean dishwater to me was to have the dishes clean. So don't dirty the water. Rinse your dish, then put it in the dishwater. 
And that way, I'll take it from there and watch it. But when I take over to do something in my position, then don't make the work harder for me. Oh, my God. Especially if you benefited and you don't have to. You may have to take two or three steps where I have to take ten. That's how a good steward of leadership do. Now, I'm going to close with this and telling you this about a good leader. A good leader that's teaching good stewardship will teach people how to learn and teach. But they will also fall in the same category. See, a good steward that's a leader, just like the man with the parable of talents, he learned something and he also taught something. Oh my God. I hope somebody get that. See, a good steward will teach and learn. It's not about who got the bigger stick. It's not about who trying to tell somebody what to do. It's about teaching and learning. Now, remember I said in good stewardship, but you need to be open. See, if you're not open to be taught or to learn, mm, you'll find yourself frustrated complaining. The Bible wants all of us to examine our ways. We are here and planted on this earth for a divine purpose from God. And I never lose sight of that. See, the main scripture that carried me into being a good steward, I'm going to give it to you right quick. It's Psalms 24 and 1. And it simply says, the earth is the Lord. The earth is the Lord, not Alfredo's. Not anybody who feel how they feel about me. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And everything, now I say everything, that includes all of us. The birds, the trees, the dogs, the cats, the ground, the pavement, the people. Oh my God. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and everything it says that dwells therein. Now if you dwelling in this earth, mm, You have a responsibility by God. That doesn't mean you have to abide by it. You don't. You can be stuck on stubborn or stuck on stupid. But either way it go, you're not going to change the fact that God is in control of the earth and the universe and everything and everybody. God is in control of you. God is in control of me. But what he wants us to do with when he bless us to have these opportunities in the earth is to take things and be good stewards. Take care of your clothes. I don't pile my clothes up in a chair. Anybody, like I said, come visit my house, the first thing they know, they're going to recognize. You know, I had a guest. And we were talking and they came like the first of the year. And one of the assignments God said, you know, in getting to know this individual and this individual getting to know you. You know, when they came, you know, and I knew them, you know, from, from my hometown. and But, you know, we was trying to see where we could go in, in, in the dating scene. And, and I thought it was important. Now, all the talk on the phone was not as irrelevant as the face-to-face. So I thought it was important that they get a real true feel of me coming in the door. So I gave them a piece of pencil and paper. And they said, what is this for? I said, well, I would like to ask you 
to, to kindly do something for me. I would just like you to walk in every room, every room of, of this apartment and, and then take a seat and write down whatever comes to your mind about your tour. And um, they said, do I have to write a certain number of things? I said, no, you can just write the first three things, at least three things that come to your mind. And the very first thing on the list was organization. I found that very interesting as a perception. They put organization. Then they put cleanliness. And then they put um, peaceful. They listed five things. They put peaceful. And then they put um, um, nice decor or decorated nicely. And it was one other thing I can't remember. But anyway, it was interesting to me to read the list. That's how that person viewed me walking in the door. That's how most people view me walking in the door. You know, sometimes it's a little, you know, not necessarily in that order. Most people may say, oh, she decorate real cute. But cleanliness is generally, if it's not the first one, it's the second one in all categories. I'm just a person that I believe in keeping things clean, decent, and in order. And I tell you why, because everything inside of this, this, my dwelling has always been my earth. And in this earth that God blessed me to live in at my residence, everything in it, God blessed me with it. And I want to be a good steward over it. Amen. Don't you want to be a good steward over everything God bless you with? Do you want to be like the man with the talents that because he didn't make good on what he was blessed to receive, then that was taken away? So many people have lost things. In, in, in fires, in, in, in storms. And I'm not talking about being caught up on material things. But what I'm saying is if you have possession of them, then while they are in your possession, be it persons or, or people or things, take care of it in the position and title that you have given. Do your duties to be a good steward. Because I tell you something, if you're not a good steward, you're the opposite. You're not so good of a steward. Being a good steward, it just adds growth to your life. Being a bad steward, it will lead your life to decline. It really will. And that's even over making decisions. I've made some decisions that was not of a good steward. And it caused me to lose things along the way. It caused things to decline in my life. Even my spirit man, my spirit woman. Being a good steward. Again, like I say, I'm transparent. So when when we are challenged, especially those in leadership position, in determining you know, ways to help other people. Because sometimes even good stewards, they fall off the wagon or down the ladder. But I believe as a good steward, is that's, that's when we have to pray. Even sometimes fast. And we have to break those bonds and decide either are we going to bring this person back into the fold or are we going to weed them out? Why are they out? 
Because I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes to weed people out is not a bad thing. You know, oftentimes we are well, you don't turn your back on people. You don't turn, and you and you and you take take stones and you build build bridges. But I'm gonna tell you something, and I heard uh, a pastor G. Patterson say the other day: some people we need to build walls. See, some people you need to build a wall when you know that this person is not a good steward to even your spirit, man. Oh my God. Because what'll happen if you allow another person to dictate your spirits of joy and happiness, you you will find yourself making choices that will cause you to decline. Mm. Stewardship can surprisingly, good stewardship can surprisingly exhibit a powerful force to change other people through your example. So work on being a good steward. Work on being a good steward. It's a very important thing. Very, very important thing. You know, and also while you're at it, read the parable of the faithful and the wise steward. That's in Luke chapter 12 and uh, verse 42 through verse 48. Make time in your day. Read that parable. It will truly bless you to understand how to be a faithful and wise steward. And the penalties, the penalties now, and consequences that come from God. When we do not exercise being a good steward. You have a beautiful, blessed, fabulous, faithful Friday. And as always, may the blessings of the Lord flow, flow, flow down, down, down from heaven into your life on earth. Meet all of your needs, all of your good ones. Not every want, but the good ones. All right? And even the things your heart desires as you delight yourself in the Lord. And may you continue to prosper because that's what God desires and be of good health even as your soul prosper. Again, you have a faithful and fabulous Friday and until the next podcast episode, I thank you always for your support and being a good listening audience and a good steward. And until the next time, peace out. Hello, 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 and welcome to another of my podcast episodes. You are now tuned in to WDGS 333 on your podcast station. I am Alfreda, your host, here to bring you the most of What Did God Say Ministry. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I had started launching a series of family friends and foe. And I got on the families and it's so much information concerning the family that it just did not end with one or two episodes. And I definitely assured you all that I would come back with the preceding episodes. We're going to still talk about the family today. The family is structured, you know, when I worked in the property business. One of the things that they would say that constituted a family was a parent and children 
or a husband and wife. Now, in the dynamic of the family, beginning in Genesis, of course, when Adam was in the garden all by himself. And one thing that God even realized, this is what God realized. God, you know, I don't know about you, but I know no matter what I think, feel, or believe, I can never, ever, ever know everything because God is the only person that know everything. How many of you believe that? Even using that phrase is an insult, I believe, unto God. Even if we tell somebody and say, you think you know everything, I believe that's an automatic disrespect to God. Because truly, if we know anything about God, we know that he is the one that knows and sees everything. There is no human being on two feet that I am going to give that type of credit to, to even declare or even think that I think that they think they know everything. Because even if I think that they think that, then some has to be wrong with my thoughts. Because that answer I already know. Whether they think that they do or not, that they don't know everything. But God in his infinite wisdom and his knowledge and intellect that supersedes beyond any human being that breathe the breath of life. God knows. And not only do he knows, but he sees. And he know enough about us as humans than we know about ourselves. The scripture says he knows even the number of hairs that are on our head. And I don't think I know one person that can sit down with a head full of hair and count every string on their head. So to say that is to say this. When God created Adam, he knew that although he gave him every need, every need. He supplied all his needs. Adam had a need for not material things. He had whatever he wanted to eat. He didn't need any clothes. He had conducive weather in the atmosphere. He had things to occupy his day. He had a job naming all the animals and the fishes. You know, he had something to keep him entertained, to run around in the garden and, and look at all the grand beauty that God had created. But yet, even though Adam was granted by God, everything, everything that God, created and sold and said that it was good, God realized that Adam needed a helpmate. Yes, he did. God orchestrated relationships that constitute a family. And the reason I believe, because what based on the Bible, that reason God put Adam to sleep and he made a woman from the creation of Adam. I hope y'all got that. See, we as females, we were made from a created being named Adam. Adam was created. 
And God took a part of his rib and he made the woman. Now, I brought that introduction to say this. That let me know that God designed relationships. And sometimes when I hear people say, you know, I don't want no man. I don't have to have no man. I don't even understand why they say that. But the ordinance of God was to have man and woman even before the children came. And he gave instructions to Adam after he made Eve. He said, you two shall become as one. And you should cleave from your mother and father. Mm. Now, I often thought about that verse in Genesis. Because if people believe that Adam and Eve was only the first two people that God made, then how could they have a mother and a father? Mm. Interesting question to cleave from. Those were the instructions that God gave Adam. See, when God talked about creating Adam, we don't know how many people after that before he made Eve. He decided to make Eve from the man so that the two will be as one because a part of him was used for her in order to coexist. That's why the bond of a marriage and a relationship, and I'm bringing that back to the family. You know, I've been married a couple of times, and, you know, people ask me about love in marriage. And I say, you know, when people truly understand the depthness of love when you are married, you will never be divorced. See, love sustains you down through the years. And no matter what it looks like, no matter what comes, what may, love, true love, true love will sustain you. And when God had me to study 1 Corinthians 13, and I said, oh my God, I've been married and I still didn't understand love. He said, no, you didn't. I said, so what was I, what was I doing when I was saying, oh, I love you? God said, but that wasn't love. That wasn't my kind of love. That was the love that the Webster talks about and teach. But my love mm, from the Logos in the Rhema word, my love. You bear it all, believes all, endure it all, and you don't seek your own. See, it's not about, okay, what you bring, what I bring, what you do, what I do. When logistics get in the midst of those who have joined themselves together, then you will find themselves in divorce court. And see, divorce court doesn't stem from love. Oh, my God. Mm. Mm, I hope somebody got that. Divorce court does not stem from love. When a person wants to separate and depart from you. See, nobody wants to leave some, something or someone that they love. They want to cherish that person. And if all possible, 
to keep them in their lives as long as they possibly can. That's what love, true love does. And anytime I hear people talk about, well, I'm going to go my way and I'm going to depart my way. See, right then, my mind has already perceived either you don't love me or you don't know how to love me. Because love does not breathe out departure, not true love. Love, true love, wants to hold on. You know, a lot of times we think about our mother, our daddy, or our children. And even some people, their husbands and their wives, those who remain together to death did them part. And some people can't even handle that because if one person passed away, the other one soon after. Because they wanted to hold on to that love. See, it's a lot of people using that word like they're living their lives in vain. They just talking, as we used to say in the old school, out the side of their neck. But there's no substance and meaning into not a word that come out their mouth. Because they avoid, number one, of understanding. Understanding the true meaning and the real meaning. And that's why I'm at a place now in my life that I really try, I try to make sure that a person I connects with understand love. But you know, the more I keep living, the more I, my granddad and I need to get a t-shirt <laughs> that says this phrase, you can make your mouth say anything. Oh my God. We can make our mouths say anything, but it has no substance behind the things we say. I'm talking about the family. You know, your cousin could say they love you. Your children could say they love you. The parents can say they love you.